This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. As we're going to talk some basketball, uh, take some questions in the mailbag this week. The Huskers got another new commit from Georgia. We're going to hear all about that. But, guys, um, let's kind of get to the story that really took over the weekend last week. And knock on wood, it's a little quieter on that front in college football. But um, it's going to be a big topic. It's going to be a big issue with all of sports as Major League Baseball and the NBA get back to work. But really, college football has become the guinea pig um, as far as just – testing large groups of athletes in this country as they come back and, and, and work and compete. And they have the resources obviously there that maybe high schools don't have right now to test these guys, um, you know, maybe every week or in, in multiple groups every week. And we saw a number of programs affected. Kansas State had to shut down college workouts for two weeks. Texas had a number of players um, test positive. Clemson, LSU. Um, I heard rumblings down in Texas Tech. They never came out with any news, but it obviously created some panic. Um, I, I think it changed some of the dialogue, you know, as far as the season, you know, how do we handle this going forward in the year? And to me, it's going to be something that's not going to go away. And, and that's why I look at these next few weeks. It's so important to keep learning about this and how you need to go about it in order to properly protect your team and handle this as we move into July and August and September. Yeah, for me, it should be zero surprise that there are positive cases and the fact that there's a lot of them in some And a lot schools. of them asymptomatic. Yeah, and, and because a lot of that is because there's such inconsistent methods being used by school to school. I mean, you have some schools that brought everybody in and just threw everybody all together all at once, where you have schools like Nebraska that are gradually easing people back in and, you know, making sure they're uh, overly cautious. And so, I mean, that's kind of uh, one issue we're dealing with, but really... The biggest factor going forward isn't the fact that you have positive tests. It's what schools are going to do with those positive tests. What's your response when you have, you know, five or six guys come back positive? I mean, how do you handle that and how do you keep it from spreading to where you're able to at least keep some level of containment on the situation? And that will ultimately decide, I think, what happens this fall more than anything. Because, like you said, Sean, it's not going away. There will continue to be positive cases. People are going to come back, uh, you know, for whatever they do and whatever walk of life they have. And it's going to be an issue. And you have to find a plan that will work to not only address that particular player, but to keep it from spreading throughout your team. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is to keep it from spreading throughout your team. And um, and, and I think to me, it's a lot of it has to do with the public perception too. I mean, when, when the public is hearing that, that players are testing positive and that there's new cases popping up, you know, I, I think there can be a certain amount of panic that all of a sudden sets in, but I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking, are, are they're not hospitalizations. They're not like, you know, these aren't players that are, you know, instantly put on ventilators. You know, it, it if the school is handling it properly, they can hopefully contain it and keep it from spreading. Um, and you know, the, these guys that are that are testing positive aren't, you know, in grave danger of, of losing their lives. In, in, as far as I as far as I know, so. But I think a lot of it is going to have to do with what, how the public is kind of perceiving that, because if there is panic over this, then then I think that sports in general could be in trouble heading into the fall. And this is my fear, guys. All it takes is one. 
and there could be just one guy with the wrong DNA makeup or something where he is going to be maybe severely hospitalized out of this. And you better believe the athletic in ESPN and Yahoo Sports, everyone's going to really make that a huge, huge story when there's one out of tens of thousands of players that maybe has this happen. And, and how will the reaction be? And how do you handle that and manage that? Uh, because it's going to happen. I, I truly believe you probably will see at least one guy hospitalized. I mean, even though the statistics show that people in that age category, um, that I don't think there had been a death in the entire SEC footprint um, you know, in the 18 to 22 category yet. Um, so the, those numbers line up, but um, it, it's just, you know, there's, there's going to be something that happens here and it's, it's how it, it, it's how we react to that and manage that will be also important. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of goes to what Nate was saying where, you know, the, the public response is going to be just as important as what the teams do. I mean, if we're in full blown panic mode, like we were in the spring and uh, get back to shutting everything down. Well, I mean, obviously that answers the question itself. There won't be sports, but if people have a understanding or at least a better grasp of, um, you know, not only, you know, the, the situation re- surrounding the virus, but also there's, you know, established protocols in place that, you know, again, it's about managing and containing, uh, you know, like you said, Sean, there's going to be issues where there's gonna be an outlier here or there that is going to make for a pretty startling headline where college football player, you know, hospitalized or even worse with COVID-19. I mean, that that's going to stir some things up. And so managing this thing, I mean, with every potential scenario that comes along, because there's going to be a lot of them, is going to be, you know, the ultimate question that's going to be answered the next couple months. Yeah, I, I wish there was like a an advisory board or something in college football right now where the, everyone is kind of using the same protocols and the same procedures and, and going step by step. Um, like the NCAA, <laughs> wow! Well, yeah, but the, they, they don't have any say over college yeah, football, really. Exactly. So I mean, but but I, I feel like if if everyone was doing the same thing, that then you'd might be able to to kind of curb you know any potential outbreaks or or you know I, I guess just kind of have a better handle on it all. But um, when everyone's doing things differently or, or maybe has you know a, a different approach to it, uh, I, I think that's when things could spiral out of control with a, a, a handful of teams that could potentially impact everybody. And, you know, you're looking at some of these college towns, they're in smaller communities. You know, look, look at Ames, Iowa, look at Riley County, Kansas, where Manhattan's at. They had like little to no COVID in those areas. And, you know, then all of a sudden you see a group of 10, 15, 20 guys test. And those county officials are, are telling the media, obviously down there, like, you know, this is why we're getting this spike. Uh, we didn't have COVID until this happened. So there's a lot of local state politics, too, I think, that will come into play in some of these places uh, where COVID hadn't even been an issue. And then all of a sudden the football players come back and it is an issue. And Scott Frost hit on that with me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, my biggest fear back in March is we're sending all these guys back home into probably, in a lot of cases, not the safest environments. And then now we're going to have them all come back. Um, and and that, that was going to cause some issues. And we, we're seeing that. But Fingers crossed. Um, Nebraska's done a really good job. Um, as we're taping this show in Lincoln this week alone, they've only averaged about seven COVID cases per day in Lincoln. Um, so we are seeing the numbers here in Nebraska and Lincoln go down. But obviously, places like Arizona, California, um, Texas, you're seeing spikes um, in some of these places right now. So uh, we will see kind of where this all goes. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be one of those deals. Everybody wants to know, will there be a season? What's the season going to look like? No one has an answer because no one has any idea 
what is going to happen a month from now? Think back, like where this discussion was two months ago. You know, I mean, everybody thought that it was the, the end of the world and the plague was going to wipe out the country. I mean, they thought two million deaths yes. would happen in the country. And so, I mean, obviously we have a, a completely different perspective of the entire situation right now. And in another two months, we're going to have a completely different perspective than we do right now. And so, I mean, there's no way to answer any of those questions, uh, no matter what, you know, the athletic director or NCAA spokesman or whatever has to say about this. Nobody knows. No one knows anything because the only thing that really deciding this whole deal is the virus. Yeah. And I think that's the frustrating part about it is that there is <laughs> no, you know, there's completely, um, it's all uncertainty and, and then we're learning a little bit more every day, but you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I'm just glad I don't, I don't have to be the one making the plans or, or all the contingency plans for, mm -hmm. you know, based off of uh, a million different scenarios two months from now on, on how things are going to get off the ground or how you're going to operate. Uh, because, I mean, literally right now, everything has to be on the table, uh, you know, with how they're going to operate if, 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 and if they're able to, to do it. I'm, I'm confident we'll play in Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln's fine. But it's what about Columbus, Ohio? Yep. What about Ann Arbor, Michigan? What if they have things arise that lead state leaders down a different path? Yep. What happens in those? That, that's probably where you you know you worry the most is is other outside factors that are out of Nebraska's control. We're just talking about Nebraska um, that, that you worry about. Yeah, and so I think that there we all agree that we're confident there will be some form of football season this year. What will it look like and how many people will be there is what and we don't know. It, I am pretty confident in saying it will look nothing like the traditional Nebraska football season that we've seen. I think it's just going to be one of those deals where week to week it could look different than what we thought it could be. And budget cuts um, have already happened um, at Nebraska. You know, they're going to trim about 10% of the budget. Um, a number of great people that we know, um, you know, are retiring or moving on um, from Nebraska um, and, you know, they're, they're victims to COVID-19 as well. I mean, you talk about how many people this has impacted with jobs and things out there. And the Nebraska Athletic Department's had to make some very, very difficult decisions um, with the budget. I can tell you that cheerleaders, for example, will not travel this year and go on road games. Um, I think that might be even a Big Ten mandate. Um, just little things like that, that they're, they're going to cut areas where they can cut. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, I, I'm guessing, a bowl, you know, like let's just say we get to a bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. But let's just say we get a bowl trip. I, I don't envision seeing, you know, the big the big bowl party, you know, no. that goes out. Because number one, the, the right. money. Like, they, they're not going to be able to spend that additional money, um, you know, on that kind of stuff anymore. So, like, what would a bowl season even look like if we get to there? I mean, there's things like that I wonder about. Well, yeah, especially considering a lot of those bowl games are in places that are now the highest hit places in the country. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just want there to be some semblance of football. That's all I'm asking. Just give for me a game. Point. Hey, I mean, Shrine Bowl's on July 11th, no guys. Doubt. <laughs> even, even if Nebraska has to go play Doan or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> let's, just get, let's just get football players on a football field throwing a football around and at least give me some semblance of normalcy. I'm sure Midland Lutheran or Midland College, Nate, with Jamrock, they would they would take the um, the $400,000 guaranteed check to I play. I was thinking about that actually just a couple of days ago. Like, okay, what if, what if the schedule looked like Midland and Peru and Doan and, like, UNK. Yep. Yeah, UNK. And then you give them like a $300,000, $400,000 check to play. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
it's I guess it's not crazy to think that just have know, a Nebraska state championship. Yeah, that there might be you know yeah Nebraska state championship or there might be you know a, <laughs> like a two hundred mile travel limit. You yeah. know if you could piece together a schedule within a couple hundred miles of, sure. of Lincoln. So Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, South Dakota State, Iowa maybe. I mean I mean that's two hundred fifty three hundred miles from Lincoln. So yeah. he, I mean there's a num there's a number of schools. I mean, you that, could probably make it work, but. Let's hope we're not there yet. Yeah, but all right. I don't want to go down that road just yet. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk Nebraska basketball. Kobe King no longer a part of things, but the Huskers added another piece hours after Kobe King's departure was announced. We'll talk about that with Robin Washett and more next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.